Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Listen, folks, we're a family show, but we've got a lot of feelings about this when it's a long time and coming, so it might be, uh, might get a little explicit. Luckily, we got our super producer, <laughs> Mr. Max Williams here. The censors to, uh, with their fingers to, on the buttons. To help yeah. us, to help yeah. us uh, beep, and beep. as always, to watch out for, uh, for, all sorts of unwelcome noises that might occur when you're trying to focus. Whoosh. <laughs> what kind of noises are we talking about here, Ben? Oh, no, we're talking about we're talking about a noise that has become a uh, recurring villain in the rogues gallery of the ridiculous universe. Look, we you you guys know we are huge fans of a lot of things. And Noel, Max and I love inventions. We love heist. We love food history. We three acknowledge the technology can fundamentally change the world not always for the better. So in today's episode, we're diving into the origin story of a strange, cartoonishly specific invention that only has a few uses. It's not everywhere on the planet. You won't find one in every single household, thankfully. To some people, landscapers primarily, this is the origin story of a hero. To others, Noel, it's the origin of a supervillain. <laughs> I didn't by others. I believe we're referring specifically. Well, I mean, many, but you, uh, you got a bit. Of, you've got an interesting relationship with the the leaf blowerman who comes round uh, usually Mondays, which is when we sit recording this this very moment. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> called the lazy man's rake, the devil's <laughs> hair dryer. Uh, without further ado, we loudly present the leaf blower episode. Now. <laughs> So <laughs> went on Twitter earlier and said we were finally recording this and just wanted to be honest and, and tell everyone this is definitely a hit piece. And it's an objective hit piece, valid with good reason. Noel, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your personal take on leaf blowers, your experience with them? Well, you know, aside from like the odd uh, landscaper, uh, landscaping company, you know, that maybe you hire occasionally to do a little work for you, mow the lawn, trim the topiaries, you know, on your palatial estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your personal overlook hotel. I, my experience has always been, at least with the family leaf blower, uh, of the electric variety. 
which mm. I think, you know, is a bit of a pain because it requires a very long cord uh, that you have to plug in and maybe constantly kind of move around. They still are noisy, but they certainly don't, uh, you know, have the same um, polluting power as a gas leaf blower, which I think is sort of at the center of part of the controversy. The other part uh, is is uh, irrespective of electric versus gas, which is just noise pollution, a different kind of pollution entirely. But uh, I have always been fascinated by the things because of their place in sort of lo-fi Hollywood special effects. Oh, sure. Ever you see a scene where maybe someone's experiencing G-force or something, or maybe there's a giant explosion and their faces go all wibbly wobbly. Oftentimes it is something along the lines of a humble leaf blower or industrial strength air horn, air, you know, blowing device that causes that effect. It's nothing more than that. So I, I do think, you know, the power of compressed air, the power of propelled air is fascinating within pop culture, you know, outside of the whole uh, the leaf blower debate. Mm-hmm. And and Max, what about you? Oh, so I'm from, uh, you know, Dunwoody originally, which is for those who don't live in Atlanta, out on the outskirts of Atlanta. And it is the land of vast lawns and lots of lawn care. It's a pretty affluent area. So my entire life has been spent listening to just, um, you know, landscaping crews with their backpack gasoline-powered leaf blowers just constantly going. Personally, my family has always been, to Noel's point, all about the electric leaf blower. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it's way less loud and it's also way better for the environment. But, you know, it you'll see like three people at a time just in a yard with those giant ones going on. And then that's all you hear. I actually have a friend who his form of misophonia is a leaf blower adjacent. He loses his mind when people are uh, using leaf blowers, which is quite common up here in the burbs, I'll say. Yeah, I want to say something positive. So I grew up with uh, both gas and electric powered leaf blowers. And one thing that I can say that is a positive that I really enjoyed is if you're hauling one of those bad boys around, especially if it's not backpack, if it's the... Uh, the more like residential leaf blower that's handheld and just sort of kind of heavy on one side, uh, the vibrations of using a leaf blower make it really interesting to touch different surfaces after, after you put it down, like putting your hands through your hair. It feels <laughs> what well, I know my synesthesia is coming out, but it feels amazing. It's, it's um, almost mossy, but okay. So we're describing something that a lot of people, in Canada and the US and Australia probably are familiar with. But if we wanted to explain a leaf blower, like paint a picture for people who had never seen one, how would we how would how would we describe it? What does it look like? Yeah, I mean it's essentially just a motor uh with a fan in it with a little handle, uh, or again, this is, let's just go from the most simple version. And then we'll obviously take it to the like proton pack kind of variety. Um, but the simple version is just a handheld, um, fan that is, is directly funneled into a plastic tube, much like a, a oversized dustbuster, let's say. Hmm. Um, and it usually terminates in some sort of kind of slit so that the air is funneled and and sort of hyper-focused. And you can also kind of use it to direct the flow in in such a way that like piles of leaves sort of, you're like a, you're like a a, a sheepdog for leaves, Mm -hmm. sort of herding them in an appropriate direction using this device. And that would be pretty much the same for either an electric powered one or a gas powered one at that you know, power strength level or whatever. Um, Upgrade from that, you get the backpack variety that you were talking about, Ben, which is more for commercial landscaping and also, you know, for people that need to be able to use it for extended periods of time and don't want to be tethered to an electrical outlet or maybe they don't even have access to an electrical outlet. You know, if they're having to do the rounds in a neighborhood, they they wouldn't want to have to keep figuring out where to plug the thing in. So for a homeowner, makes sense to have the electric one because you're probably just hanging around your perimeter But for the folks that are doing this professionally, the gas one just makes a whole lot more sense logistically. Yeah, yeah. And it saves time, which is one of the 
biggest arguments in favor of this controversial invention. And then if you step up one more notch, you see even larger models. They're like riding lawn mowers. They rest on wheels. They have a motor that can propel them along the ground. And uh, the only real difference is they blow stuff around, right? And they sheepdog it or they herd it, as you said, instead of cutting cutting it like grass. And there are various uh, different versions that have arrived on the scene now. There are leaf blowers that can uh, not just blow stuff, but suck up debris and then shred it into an attached bag. But the basic principles, let's blow this around, let's pile it faster, have been consistent since the beginning. You know, the thing that gets me, I think maybe gets all of us, is that the leaf blower is not a necessary invention. You don't have to have a leaf blower to survive. You know what I mean? It's it's very specific. It's for convenience primarily. That's what I would say. Is a snow blower the same essentially as a leaf blower? It is. It okay. is no okay. and and snow blowers, as we'll see, uh came first. So <laughs> like, okay, let's let's imagine life without the leaf blower. This is for all our landscapers out there who are saying, hey, we're not the bad guys. Before the leaf blower, you had to rake by hand. You had to clean gutters by hand. And as all sorts of Norman Rockwell-esque things taught us, you could spend hours raking up a pile of leaves only for a mischievous scamp to run along (laughs) and we into your leaves and, and ruin hours of work. So it's, um, there is a, there are good uses for it. I'm really trying to be positive. I didn't know this for a while, but Noel, leaf blowers have also been used for some time to fight fires in the United States. Huh. Now that I did not know. I mean, it, it certainly makes sense. Depending, right? Because uh, as we know, sometimes if you blow on a fire, you 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 give it more oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that they can do well is imagine you're at the the fire line and there's burning debris, right? So you can, it's too hot for you to put a plastic rake to it, right? So you can use the leaf blower to push that burning material back toward an already burned area. Mm. So this idea of using it for firefighting is pretty cool, right? Uh, It's an idea that could save lives and it's a creative use. So, you know, regardless of all the negatives about leaf blowers, which will be the majority of this episode, we can also say that they have, um, they have been, I guess, they have been utilized past the intent of their original inventor, like you were talking about with practical effects in film. Yeah, I mean, not not just getting hung up on this because it really isn't the point, but I just want to say I saw, uh, did a little YouTube rabbit holing and recently <laughs> discovered the uh, the little checkbox where you could just have it kind of keep playing you uh, stuff along the lines of what you were watching and ended up watching this really cool uh, video about practical effects. And remember that sequence in Terminator 2 where it shows kind of like the nuclear destruction of Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that was done with miniatures, as you can imagine. And when you see the buildings kind of descend disintegrate. Uh, that was all done with like what they described in the video as like an army of air blowers. And they were, some of them were large with big kind of wide mouths on those nozzles. And some of them were just your average humble neighborhood leaf blowers. Nice. Also, I got, a, I got a fact for this about this. You guys know in that movie, when Robert Patrick first appears kind of ish, he shows up and he makes a clone out of the security guard and throws a spike into the other guy's eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. That was actually twins that did it. They had oh. twin brothers playing it. There wasn't like a duplicate or something like that. I learned that from a, an episode of Weird House Cinema over on Stuff to Blow Your Mind. So Amazing. I wanted to incorporate it here to further blur the lines between podcasts out our network. Yeah, yeah. We also, it's also <laughs> time for the sound cue. <laughs> and uh, big thanks to uh, our first one of the uh, new year. 
Oh, first one. A big thanks to our ride or die, Mr. Matt Frederick. Uh, now, look, we love credit where it's due, and that's where leaf blowers become a little mysterious because believe it or not, today, multiple people claim to have invented the leaf blower. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I think there are two possibilities at play here, Noel. I think... There's quite, I think the most likely possibility is parallel thinking, right? The way multiple people invented something like the typewriter because it fulfilled a common need. However, after we walk through these inventors, I want to pitch you a bit of a, not quite a conspiracy theory, but maybe we talk, we talk about the inventors first. I love that you pointed out the snowblower has been around way before the leaf blower and it's basically the same thing for a, a, a different, I would argue, more needful purpose. That's why I brought it up. Because, I mean, to your point, like leaves, no one's getting buried alive under a pile of leaves or having leaves cause them not to be able to leave their house. Um, <laughs> leave their it's really house. more of an aesthetic thing. So you could argue uh, on the frivolous side compared to being, quote unquote, snowed in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just so. So here, here are some of the big candidates for the invention of the leaf blower. The one that you will see probably most often on different blogs and Wikipedia, sometimes quoted as fact, is a semi-mysterious character named Dom Quinto. Sounds like a serious dude. Um, like, so, you know, maybe it's just the Dom. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, it's, maybe it's like of Don, like some sort Same. of mafioso. I think it's easy for your mind to go there. But yeah, um, he is one candidate, as you said, given credit for inventing the leaf blower. But it really could be argued that he didn't exactly invent it. He just kind of repurposed it to, to a degree. Um, it was created in the 1950s, introduced as a method of dispersing agricultural chemicals. Yeah. Which, you know, in the 1950s were like bad. 
know? Right, right. But not, people not, didn't not know it for one's they health. Fine. Right. But they yeah. were just spraying that stuff willy and or nilly. And um, so the makers of the device uh, that Quinto uh, invented saw that a lot of their consumers were actually using it um, and sort of doing a little bit of uh, of hacking on it um, and, uh, and removing the chemical dispersion you know, element of it and just using the blower part. Yeah. That's kind of weird, right? That's like, that's like buying a microwave, removing the part that makes it a microwave and just saying, look, now I have a weird lamp in a box, but, (laughs) but, but yeah. And also don't play with microwaves, folks. We're legally required to tell you that's dangerous. So people thought this was a good maintenance tool for cleanup tasks. Like you said, Noel, they said, we don't need to spray pesticides. We just need to move stuff around more quickly. And if we're in an area where we have to conserve water, it makes more sense for us to use air. And for this reason, you could call Dom Quinto the accidental inventor of the leaf blower. But there's something tricky here. It's very difficult to find solid sources for this claim. That's why whenever you read a source, you want to try to corroborate it. You want to find a primary account. And in the case of Dom Quinto, with all due respect to the dog, you've got to uh, you got to take it with a grain of salt and look at some other candidates. That's right. And uh, for that, we journey to Japan in 1947. It also was, there was a version of this device that was created kind of as a backpack chemical apparatus. Again, a fogger. Maybe you think of like a bug um, fumigator or whatever, you mm. know, a, a mm-hmm. fogger. Uh, and this was invented by a Japanese-based uh, company called uh, Kairitsu Noki. Um, and this company followed up that design with a more of a, I guess, power blower kind of misting machine in 1955. And then in 1968, they applied for a patent on a backpack blower mister design. And in 1972, they established themselves uh, in the United States um, as a another iteration of this company that they called uh, Curitz Corporation of America. Uh, and that corporation is often given credit as inventing the first official leaf blower in 1977. Uh, it also changed its name to the slightly sexier Echo in 1978. Echo. Echo. Right. So this is, uh, yeah, so we're, we already see two completely different origin stories. And then we've got a third person to add to the mix. H.L. Deal or Dale, uh, D-I-E-H-L. Uh, so in 1959, This guy, who was an ex-engine technician for Pratt & Whitney, a jet engine technician, by the way, uh, he develops what his company calls, quote, the first walk-behind lawn vacuum and leaf blower. So already we see that there are three possible candidates for something like the modern leaf blower. And we know that whatever the case is, However you want to delineate it, whomever gets the award for first to the post, uh, in the, by, the 19, by the very late 1940s and early 1950s, leaf blowers were a thing that people knew about around the world. Other companies got quickly involved, especially if you're already manufacturing, you know, vacuums or lawn care mm. equipment. It makes sense. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, what's a vacuum if not? I mean, there's a, you know, a circuit that you can reverse the polarity of essentially. Right. And then it can go from suckage to blowage. Um, So it's hard to patent the specific thing. You can patent a design, but you can't really patent a thing that blows air. I think it's a little too generic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, 1960s, Dutch Vendermolen begins manufacturing and exporting a two stroke engine backpack blower. And then just a few years later, 66, uh, the company that HL Deal starts is rebranded Giant Vac, and they start making a bunch of different variations. 
of the leaf blower, some of the stuff also collects leaves instead of just blowing it around. But the two-stroke engine part is important. It's common to so many push lawnmowers in the United States, and it's not the same as a four-stroke engine because a two-stroke engine mixes air and fuel in a way that gets contaminated with the oil lubricating the mechanism. And that fuel and oil gets mixed with the exhaust. We're setting up a problem. <laughs> but uh, but here's the thing, Noel, Max, when these were originally introduced, people went nuts. Everybody who could afford a leaf blower was buying a leaf blower. The Dunwoody suburbs of the world were like, this is a better way to rake. By the 1970s, these things were commonplace. By 1989, we're talking sales in excess of 1 million leaf blowers per year. <laughs> exactly. A leaf blower for everyone. There everyone gets a leaf blower uh, for, for a price. And, you know, uh, pretty much, like you said, Ben, along with innovation, uh, oftentimes comes controversy or comes uh, irritation. <laughs> Innovation breeds irritation at times. So as soon as the things became widespread, uh, people started complaining pretty much right away. Oh, yeah. Okay. And here's, so now we have our, our unsolved list of inventors. This leads us to a theory. <sighs> Riddle me this, Noel. Is it possible that no one is admitting to being the one true inventor of the leaf blower because they don't want to be associated with the enormous controversy. Max, cute, suspenseful music. Yeah, and again, and again I think the whole, no one's exactly cl clamoring to, to, to take credit, you know, after all these <laughs> right. years. Uh, and I think part of that is the sort of generic nature of, of the invention. Um, but also, yeah, they're, they're sort of kind of a, a public nuisance, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, not every invention is going to appeal to everyone. Believe it or not, there are people who don't drink coffee. Uh, but this, uh, the leaf blower is pretty remarkable in the amount of controversy it's called. Uh, people who don't like leaf blowers tend to have two primary issues with the invention. First, a lot of them are still gas-powered in the modern day, which immediately raises concern about pollution and emissions. And you can't easily dismiss this. Mixing gasoline with oil in a two-stroke engine means that a third of the mixture is not burned. It doesn't help the thing blow the leaves. It goes out and creates exhaust, and it creates way more exhaust than you could reasonably assume. The facts are astounding. No question. And you found this uh, this data um, that is something that I never would have considered. So how much pollution are we actually talking about here? A study uh, that you found, Ben, from 2011 found that running a leaf blower for about a half hour creates as much pollution in the form of NMHCs, which is a subset of non-methane volatile organic compounds, hydrocarbons, um, as a Ford F-150, you know the ones, um, driving from Texas to Alaska. That's insane. How far even is that? It doesn't far. make sense. Doesn't. Okay, we got to ask, though, what part of Texas to which part of Alaska? Yeah, Those Texas are both is a big very deal. large All states. Right, look, let's just, we're speaking in broad strokes here. And even if, you know, given the size of Texas and the distance of Alaska, I don't care if it's from the northernmost tip, you know. I mean, mm. that's still alarming, just as a basic kind of, you know, uh, metric. To, to I mean, I just, I had no idea. I mean, think of all the leaf blowers we've seen in the past month. That's a lot of road trips. That that's an insane amount of emissions overall, and it doesn't stop there. So, leaf blowers are made to blow leaves. But this invention can't magically differentiate between different objects in the path of the air. That means that if you're going back to uh, our boy Dom Quinto, that means that if you're just aiming a leaf blower at something, it's going to blow whatever is in its path. That includes pesticides, mold, feces. <laughs> like That gets blown around too. 
just for the record, a quick Google map uh, search of just Alaska to Texas with no <laughs> specifics uh, gives you two routes. One of them is 63 hours, 3,867 miles. The other is 65 hours, 3,908 miles. And we're talking, let me make sure and check this, Ben, 30 minutes of use here? Bonkers. It's bonkers. And that's all in one spot. The, yeah. You know, the, this, uh, the, the, the emissions generated by that F-150 making this uh, heartwarming family journey of discovery um, is spread out mm-hmm. over a very large area. Also, I want to point out that when Ben said feces, both me and Noel laughed. You know why? I, I, because I forget what movie it's from, but there's a joke in a movie where someone asks if feces are baby mice. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's a. I can't remember. But I was working yes. on. I feel like feces is so is so uh, ready for some good pun uh, banter. You know, like the feces of the species is more deadly than the something. I don't know. We'll work on it. Put a pin in it. But this, the thing is, the actual emissions pollution isn't even the largest problem. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's another type of pollution way before uh, the public was worried about emissions and air pollution. They were upset about the noise pollution, even before they called it noise pollution, even before they had a term to hang that complaint on. They hated the sound. You Noel, you had mentioned earlier that um, shortly after leaf blowers became popular, people started complaining. Oh, yeah. So by the 1970s, um, you had two different cities in California that had outright banned leaf blowers. And admittedly, they are two pretty bougie communities. You got Carmel by the sea. It's hyphenated. I know, uh, right? And Beverly Hills. Um, Carmel was first to the jump in 75 with the ban. And then Beverly Hills in 78 
But, you know, I, I would argue that the while the noise pollution part is certainly annoying, kind of pales in comparison uh, now that we know these these details to the to the actual, you know, emissions part of it. But, you know, people like their their people, people like their quiet beach beachfront communities. So the noise is so um, undesirable that more than 100 cities across the United States, including uh, ones in New Jersey, New York, uh, Colorado, Illinois, Massachusetts, Texas. Not Alaska, though, uh, and Vermont um, had some flavor of either a complete or partial ban uh, placed on leaf leaf blowers. Mm -hmm. And Governor Gavin Newsom over in California also signed a bill meant to phase out gas-powered leaf blowers entirely, along with a lot of other gas-powered lawn equipment. Uh, The majority of those bans that that we just mentioned, that you just mentioned, Noel, are specifically for gas-powered leaf blowers, almost as if the emission concern is a way for people to rationalize their problem with the noise, right, which is an unpleasant noise. And uh, in Seattle, Washington, for instance, it's illegal to use any leaf blower at all, no matter how it's powered, battery, electric cord, uh, gas, you can't use it if it's louder than 65 decibels before 7 a.m. or after 7 p.m. Places like New Jersey have bands between 8 and 6. And uh, they also have, it's weird, it's almost like uh, blue laws. Uh, blue laws are those moral laws. They're pretty yes. common in the South and places like Utah. Like for a long time here in uh, Georgia, home to ridiculous history, what was it? There was no, there was something with alcohol on Sunday. Like you couldn't buy it before noon or something. Yeah, it was like before that. noon. Even like at brunches, they won't serve you a mimosa until noon. And I think twelve thirty, something like yeah, twelve thirty exactly. Which is so right when church got done. That's what you're saying. I think that that was there was a vote on that that we just did, or at least it was about alcohol being available for sale on Sundays, and it kind of changed the timing. But yes, these laws that are sort of based in religious sort of morality are are always very interesting and apply to leaf blowers. I also want to point out until it was like early two thousands when they changed the law so you actually could buy alcohol on Sundays at all. Like you oh, go, yeah. to, that's right. I remember, yeah, it used to be a no go. You could go to a restaurant and get loaded, but you couldn't go get anything at a store. There we go. Which seems counterintuitive considering that I, I would say outside of any kind of religious, you know, uh, hangups, the most important part about alcohol prohibition would be having people not drunk driving. Right. So I would think it would be a better move to have it available to buy and take home than to get loaded because that's the only place you can get it. And then drive home and cause some sort of horrific traffic, you know. Hundred percent. Maybe, maybe it's uh, something with a restaurant lobby. Uh, we've got to do. Maybe we we get into the history of blue laws in a future episode. Let's let's just imagine cinema of the mind, folks. The countless tensions created by leaf blowers, maybe in your very own neighborhood. They often operate pretty early in the morning or mid morning. Sometimes they operate later in the evening. Countless people across the United States have called law enforcement on their neighbors for leaf blowers. This is not hyperbole. They've called 911 saying this person has to be stopped. But if we exercise empathy, we have to realize that leaf blowers, in terms of noise pollution, are much more dangerous for the people operating them than they are for the people nearby. Like this, okay, so we, all three of us, have uh, various backgrounds in in musical spheres. The sound level for a person holding and operating a leaf blower often exceeds 100 decibels. I mean, hell, you see the people operating them wearing those soundproof uh, headphones or whatever, the ear muffs, whatever they call them. Mm. The same ones you might use in a rifle range. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. And... Uh, They're doing so for good reason. The World Health Organization says that uh, if you want to be safe or you're hearing long term, you need to keep things under 55 decibels for up to 800 feet 
for an on-the-ground comparison, that's more than two blocks away in a lot of neighborhoods. So while the noise may be an irritation to you, uh, if you're sleeping in one Saturday, you have to realize that the person operating that leaf blower, who, by the way, probably isn't excited to do it, uh, they are at risk of permanent hearing loss. It is like being the drummer in a touring rock band without any album sales. That's that's a swindle. That's a grift. I don't know. Future leaf blowers, it seems like they're probably here to stay for a while, uh, but they're they're getting banned increasingly in different uh, in different cities. It's starting on like a municipal level in a lot of places. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? Should the leaf blower be banned entirely? Landscapers love them. Yeah, because it, it optimizes their ability to get more houses in on their routes. And I, I get that. Um, I, I'm just shocked uh, by the um, the pollution oh, yeah. angle. That is something that I was not, you know, obviously this this all started for us because of the, the noise pollution angle. But um, the actual pollution angle, I just had no idea. And, you know, when I was doing a little bit of extra research on, on this uh, this one that you uh, really led the charge on, Ben, for obvious reasons, uh, it I was, I was amazed at how many articles come right up literally just by Googling history of the leaf blower about all of these petitions and bans and, and discussions around all of that horrific uh, pollution. I just had no idea. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, Noel, and one thing we can take away from this is humans are amazing in inventing things, and not every invention is going to be a winner. <laughs> also, before we get out of here, I got a question. Yeah. What do y'all think Julia Barnett Rice's opinion of the leaf lore would have been? Remember her, the one who got so mad at the tugboats behind her house, she uh, she started passing uh, silent laws on everyone? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, she would have absolutely hated this. She might have gone vigilante. She might have been in the streets with a cape. You know what I mean? And a mask. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a great question, Max. Uh, and also, you know, yes, this is a hit piece on leaf blowers, unapologetically. Uh, it's an invention that does not necessarily need to exist uh, outside of a few very creative uses that we outlined earlier. But we're very clearly not disparaging people who rely on leaf blowers for their livelihood. Like, Noel, you raised the excellent point that it might be impractical for commercial landscapers to have a leaf blower that is less powerful, that relies on an electric cord, right, or a set of batteries. It might, it might put them underwater, to have to spend that extra hour and a half raking leaves that would have only taken 30 minutes earlier. Uh, but with that being said, do we really need the leaf blower as humanity? I think no. Uh, yeah, you will for sure. <laughs> Big picture speaking, uh, I say for sure we do not because once again, it is a cosmetic thing, you know, um, and, and it is something that certain municipalities and neighborhood associations and stuff would consider an eyesore. And you will get like, you know, a finger wag, if not a fine, if you don't get that taken care of. But is it, you know, like many things in our society, is the convenience worth the, uh, you know, the, the the potential, you know, pitfalls of the technology? And I would say you know, to whom, um, you know, because you definitely do sometimes see cues of landscapers raking still, mm -hmm. but it takes like three or four individuals to do the job of maybe what two leaf blowers would do. So, you know, I think uh, professional landscapers would would argue that they need it mm -hmm. for their livelihood, but it's a trade off, you know, so I, I you know, I, I'm going to be in camp. No leaf blowers. <laughs> and I mean. I'm going to jump in here if that's okay. It seems to be okay, so I'm jumping it's in fine. here. Yes, oh God. Uh, I mean, it's one of these things where it's just like the drawback to leaf blowers is just so horrifically bad compared to what it does. I mean, I, I don't think it's ideal to like go full-blown blue law and just outlaw these things and, as we said, put these like landscaping companies underwater. But the thing we cannot do is just say, well – 
the landscapers are going to be in trouble if we do something like that. So we are going to allow these things for literally a cosmetic thing to pollute the air and pollute our ears and stuff. I mean, something has to be done. And I will say electric powered leaf blowers have gotten a lot better. Yes. That I will say. They have gotten significantly better. That is true. And who knows, perhaps one day uh, someone will invent an affordable silencer attachment for a leaf blower. And that, <laughs> that, would, that would change the game in such a strange way. But well, that's, yeah. That's to, to be a bit of a nerd, like the only way to silence something that is, is, is literally generated by air moving mm-hmm. uh, would be to slow down the flow of the air uh, and, and or have... The, the generator part farther away, you right. know, where you're not actually hearing it. So it's two things that would render the whole affair kind of moot anyway, mm-hmm. because it just wouldn't, it wouldn't do the job. If it's slowing down the movement of the air, like in recording studios, to get rid of air conditioning noise, you install these little baffles, these buffers kind of in the, uh, in the thing, because you're not depending on fast moving air to for air conditioning. You just need a constant flow of cool air. But with the leaf blower, it absolutely has to be fast moving, high powered air. Um, so therefore, you know, the, the motor would have to be like inside a truck and then isolated. And then you'd have to have some sort of giant hose uh, that would come off of it. And then, you know, yeah, I just, I'm just I'm brainstorming no, that's a good here. Point. But, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm with you. Let's brainstorm. Uh, all right, so so much of innovation isn't just answering a question, it's figuring out the right question to ask. So I want to take a uh I, I want to take a moment in homage to our pal Scott Benjamin of Car Stuff fame and say why don't we find some animals that will eat the leaves? Replace the leaf blower with a very focused petting zoo. Cows, elk, buffalo, Buffalo are probably too big. Also elks, also cows. Goats. Why not goats? Get the goats to eat the leaves. Well, goats eat everything. Mm-hmm. We'll work on it. You can it. rent a goat. You, you talked about, yeah, yeah. we mentioned, of course, that's that came from a Scott uh, story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can hire a goat to, to clean up your yard. Yeah. I like the idea, like, the goat doesn't have a human intermediary. You hire the goat. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Pay directly. me in cans. <laughs> so with that... Uh, we are going to call it a day uh, and we cannot wait to hear your opinions, folks. Leaf flowers, as they would say in the South, are you for them or against them? And why? Uh, what do you think the world would look like without leaf blowers? Uh, I feel like we'll, we'll touch a nerve with a lot of people who are listening to this podcast Despite a leaf blower operating in their vicinity right now, find us on Facebook where we are Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Instagram and Twitter, Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW, and Instagram in a burst of creativity at Ben Bolin for behind the scenes adventures. Big, uh, big win for you if you're on Instagram. You can also find my colleague, Mr. Noel Brown can i am at how now noel brown exclusively on instagram where i post lots of memes and you know pictures of uh, of me in the recording studio doing nerd stuff and uh, and uh, you know things of that nature so check it out how about you mr max yeah i am exclusively on twitter for some odd reason at ATL underscore Max Williams. I'm thinking of getting an Instagram and moving over to Instagram because Twitter is kind of, uh, I don't know, post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland at this point, but nothing's certain yet. Mm. And uh, in these uncertain times, we want to thank you, as always, for tuning in, fellow Ridiculous Historians. Thanks to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Uh, thanks to all those people, you know, despite the fact that leaf blowers just, they absolutely blow. They absolutely suck. They're they are just the worst. Despite they that. certainly do suck, Ben. Oh, jeez. Yes. Some uh you know, despite despite the fact that these are cartoonishly stupid inventions, uh there are a lot of people who are using them for their livelihoods. We respect that. We got your back. We want to hear your take 
on leaf blowers. And uh, let's see, who else should we thank? Oh, thanks to our leaf blower guy. We actually recorded a little later today. So thank you, leaf blower guy, for not making an appearance in today's episode. Who else should we thank, Noel? Oh, man. Um, what's the guy's name? Mr. Dom? Uh, Dom the Don? Mm, Dom uh, Quinto. Yeah, Dom <laughs> Quinto. Yeah, no. Uh, Jonathan Strickland, our personal leaf blower of a human. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, that keep was it. way meaner than normal ones. No, keep it. Be. No, keep no, it. no, 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 no. We love. We obviously love to love hate. It's a very complicated relationship. We yeah, have with that. Yeah, it's good with to fella. Um, yeah, thanks to Christopher Asiotis here in spirit. Uh, he's Jeff Coat, wandering this wide world of sports, uh, doing great things out there. And of course, to you, Ben, for uh, for taking us on this journey. This journey of discovery, much like that uh, hypothetical drive from Texas to Alaska. Um, I'm so hung up on this, you guys, yeah. that it's that much. I mean, good gracious. I, I literally was about to just, you know, die on the hill right there and say, these things should be outlawed. <laughs> well, it's true that a lot of people have been trying to get them outlawed. And as we're talking about trying things, let's do a little tease. Tune in for our next episode when we talk about several people who tried to be president. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.